Rolling release distributions. They move too fast, right? Well, that's what OpenSUSE thinks. So we're going to be talking about that here on this episode. So welcome to Destination Linux 342, your favorite video podcast. My name is Michael. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jill. And also after that, later in the show, we're going to be talking about foldable laptops. And you might be thinking, all laptops, right? Sort of. Ryan was going to explain it to you and me because I still don't get it later in the show. (laughs) So let's get this show on the road to Destination Linux. So our community feedback this week comes from Casey. Now, before I get into the email, I want to inform Casey and, well, the rest of the audience about something. Casey was buttering up Michael at the end, and I want to make it very clear that buttering up Michael (laughs) is not a guaranteed way to get your email on the show because I pick the emails. So if you want to get on the show, you need to butter me up. That's Ryan, not Michael. Because those are the rules. Those are the rules we set and mm-hmm. we've made firm and everyone should know them by now. So next time, Casey, just remember to put a lot of love in there for me. Also, and quick note, I filter the emails to Ryan so he only sees <laughs> the ones I deem worthy to send to him to pick from. So continue to butter me up as well. You can butter Michael and me up. You don't have to butter Jill up. You don't, no. <laughs> But you She's all not do anyway. In the email selection. But you all do anyways, including Casey. Let's get into the email. <laughs> Casey says, since my relocation to California, I've made it my goal to break out of my shell and try not to only get involved more in Linux community, but to shake up my life as a whole. Messages being sent in that spirit. With that said, I'm so excited that I will get the chance to go to scale for the first time in March 2024. Nice. That's the way to do it. You're I think gonna we're going to be there too, right? Yes. We are going to be there too. So, you know, as a part of your shaking your life up, you need to come to our booth, come talk to us, come hang out mm-hmm. with us. You do have to get Jill's. Remember the rules. Yeah. You have to get our autograph before you can get Jill's autograph. So just know that right up front there. Mm-hmm. Or even you have to talk to us first before you're allowed At to talk to Jill. At least pretend that you yeah. want to see us too, not <laughs> just Jill. That exactly. are the, that's the rules. You just have to pretend. That's it. You don't have to believe it. You just yeah. have to pretend. You just have to tell us this, but and it's that's enough. No, I'm very excited you're coming this, Gail. <laughs> they go on to say, it will be a crazy weekend since I also have intentions to do the Los Angeles Marathon that same weekend. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You are shaking stuff up. That's oh, wow. Awesome. I've decided to quit delaying my learning of Python as well as up my game on my bash scripting to bootstrap those efforts. I've cloned a couple of Ryan's repositories for I'm reference. sorry to hear that. What, Michael? <laughs> my Python code is irrefutably beautiful. It is beautiful. In fact, you code. should check out Michael AI yes. out there in which I took Michael's entire brain and coded it into Python. It's one of my greatest projects ever out there. Oh my god. Actually, GitHub. he made this before the AI chat bot extravaganza. Right. I happened. started this whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Really. So and they it's saw only what I did. 64 kilobytes. <laughs> I can fit it on a floppy disk. <laughs> it's it's getting more and more lines of code and more data, Jill, every day. Yeah. Okay, not every day, but whenever Ryan feels like it, which is probably like months ago. But yeah. for those who would like to Look at the AI, and you can see that pretty much anyone who watches the show can contribute to it. So feel free yeah, to suggest anything you'd like. Yeah, it's completely open source. Like, I gave that out to the world. You're welcome. 
They go on to say, I do Maybe. have a couple of questions for Jill. One for her history and one because of her proximity. My first window manager on Linux was FVWM95 on Red Hat. My second was Windowmaker, which I was introduced to via the Monolith BBS. Knowing that Windowmaker has a special place in Jill's heart, Jill, would you be willing to share some of your favorite things about Windowmaker? I would enjoy the nostalgia, and I'm sure that a lot of the audience was not around for those days or are unfamiliar with this still active project. So let's start there, Jill, before I get to the second question. Okay. Let's talk about Windowmaker. Yeah. So happy you have used Windowmaker, Casey. That makes me all warm and fuzzy. And thank you for asking about why I love this ex-window manager so much. And yes, it is my favorite desktop environment. Or ex-window manager is the correct way to say it. <laughs> so, well, it actually, my history of Windowmaker goes back to using one of my favorite computers of all time, the Next Cube, which I had the hmm. honor and joy of using in college to create my first web page in the early 90s. And okay. I used Vi to do that. <laughs> Not GeoCities? I don't nope. understand. Oh. <laughs> Not GeoCities. Okay. Vi. But <laughs> I don't think there's anything other than Geocities and Angelfire at the time. Like yeah. That's, yeah. that's just it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't have a Next Cube in my collection. I know it's so sad, but I've you know had it on my eBay watch list for many years. They actually sell for thousands of dollars and are very, very rare. And I, they, I do see them pop up occasionally, but... Uh, don't always want to spend like $8,000 on Whoa. one. That's understandable. <laughs> See, when you say thousands, I yeah. think one or two, not eight. Yeah. Eight is many thousands. Sometimes you can yeah. get them lower than that, but they're not working. And of course, I want a working one. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's really awesome about the next cube is Tim Berners-Lee, who invented the World Wide Web in 1989 at CERN Laboratories, he did that on a next cube. He invented the World Wide Web on a next cube. <laughs> I thought Al Gore invented the World Wide Web. <laughs> no, he invented a series of tubes. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Gotcha. He <laughs> <laughs> invented a series of tubes. <laughs> so, and because of the next cube, I was introduced to the beauty of Next Step. Now, Windowmaker is designed to emulate Next Step's GUI as an OpenStep compatible environment. Windowmaker is the default X window manager for GNU Step. And one of the reasons why I love Windowmaker so much is because of its lineage and the unique look and feel. I like having icons that are out of my way from the center of the desktop on the corners of the screen and being able to right click to get to a menu. <laughs> I don't have yeah. to have a taskbar to show me where the menu is. I like right-clicking the screen because a lot of the old classic Unix desktops, you right-click on the screen to get to the menu. Right. And you can do that in uh, Plasma, by the way. Yeah, Just you can do that in Plasma and XFCE and, and uh, TWM, another one of my favorites. More importantly, you can do it in KD Plasma. Let <laughs> yeah. ask you the question, <laughs> Michael. They asked Jill, Okay. <laughs> I was just giving <laughs> advice about people can, can continue with the love of that type of next step. You don't have to worry about tripping over the next step. Yes. Continue, <laughs> Jill, true. please. So also the customiz 
Ability is fabulous with window maker prefs, configs, and apps, and I've spent many hours making beautiful, colorful themes for the desktop. And something else special about window maker, it introduced dock apps to the world. What are dock apps? Well, that was the predecessor to the modern day desktop widgets. So we have window maker to thank for that. <laughs> Hmm, nice. I did not know that. No. Yeah. And in fact, my desktop right now is full of a lot of dock apps. One uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, uh, Window Maker Fishy Time, it, it, it shows your CPU usage and your menu you, memory usage with little fishies that move across the screen. It's really cute. Why don't we have square. this in every distro? Honestly, yeah. exactly. that's very cute. <laughs> it's, you know? it's very awesome. And, and I have like sound mixers for dock apps and all kinds of just awesome utilities. Again, and everything uh, that you would need for a desktop widget, you could use as a dock app. And a lot of the X window managers accept dock apps, not just window maker. For instance, Flexbox or Openbox. So you're not limited to window maker with those. And the other reason I love window maker is it extreme is it is extremely low in memory and runs great on my old hardware <laughs> and my old yeah. vintage computer. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think I can were... speak for Ryan right now when I say <laughs> that he is going to take the window maker challenge. Oh. I think I speak for Michael when I say he's going to take the rat poison challenge. Oh, yeah. I take the window Another... maker challenge. That... I love that idea. Yeah. Challenge I don't accepted. Like your, challenge. <laughs> I don't, your challenge is a little bit more ridiculous, but I'll do it. I love it. All right. Next episode, he won't be here because he's... <laughs> because I can't use the mouse anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let's so, see how long I last in that. Like, yeah. If I, could, if I could spend an hour in that without getting frustrated, that will be a success for well, me. Well, you are very shortcut oriented, so I honestly feel like you would do really well in that desktop yeah, environment. Yeah, absolutely. Because you are one of those people who yeah. the first thing you do with the new program is learn the shortcuts. Like That is true. That yeah. is true. So I think you'd do pretty good in that. All right. The second question is, does Jill know of any lugs or groups of various experience for Linux tech programming in the Inland Empire or nearby? Inland Empire. Is that a part of California? The yes, Inland Southern Empire? California. Okay. It's I like, did not know um, that's what they called it. Huh. Inland Empire is a little bit of the east side of LA County mixed with San Bernardino County and Riverside County. So there are several counties that are part of the Inland Empire. Do they go to the war with the Outland the, Empire? It, it's where the ever? desert is. <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is the desert the Outland Empire? Yeah. Or the <laughs> Inland Empire. It's oh, okay. and um it's uh, there's a lot of mountains there too that surround uh, the desert area. <laughs> That's where you go to war with the Dorvan Empire. Yeah. <laughs> In the mountains. Yeah. It's where okay. we have Got the it. Renaissance Pleasure Fair, the famous the uh, famous resort renaissance pleasure fair and the largest in the world is is here in socal in the inland empire <laughs> very cool yeah so casey absolutely um one of my the most active lugs is the san fernando valley linux users group and i put the link in the show notes for their meetup website and also my group the linux chicks la we have monthly online meetings and you can check out 
check out our meetups as well on meetup.com. And everyone is welcome. We have just as many men in our our, our club, really, than women. <laughs> so, <laughs> and everyone, everyone in between. So we are open go. to everyone. And for uh, honestly, for any Linux open source tech meetups, conventions, and events, do a search for Linux or open source on meetup.com. That's really the best place right now. We have Jill, you're giving away place. the last part of I our know. tip and trick this week. <laughs> that was- you're trying to take over the whole show, Jill. We, <laughs> just because Casey gave you a compliment does not mean you now own the whole show. And you just, just because over. everyone says, especially Jill, does not mean yeah. you get to take it over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Please. You have I mean, to listen I think to the rest. Most of people the would be disappointed by that and would want that to happen. Right. So we just want to let you know we're still here, people. We're still, We're still here. here. We're important too. We're important too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last part of this fantastic email is I also would like to share an oldie but goodie website to see how many of these GUIs in our tech history the hosts and community remember or have used. I believe my first GUI was Tandy Deskmate. Uh, yeah, please share the website. I did not see it in your email. So if you sent that, I did not get the website. So Casey, please send us that and we will check it out and maybe cover it. And by the way, Michael... This letter was typed from a stool okay. in Firefox. Nice. And my current iteration workflow is XFC. That's ah. not what it said. XFCE and I3WM. How cool. That's really awesome, Katie. So it says KDE Plasma for uh, those who want yes. to actually know what it said. Okay. But I think this is great because KDE Plasma is fantastic. Firefox is fantastic. And for those who don't understand the stool reference, um, I'm sorry to have to tell you this. It's a ridiculous inside joke that Ryan came up with. and It's not really an inside joke. There are tens of thousands of people who got involved in It's an inside in joke. joke now because it happened three years ago, <laughs> yeah. and it's still being referenced. So, tuxdigital.com slash stool. Just, <laughs> yeah. just go there. Yes, that's a real website. Yeah, just go there. <laughs> and you'll understand. All right. It's not ridiculous, Michael. Oh. Part of his It is ridiculous. It's it's it was ridiculous, ridiculous. then. Your it's stools ridiculous, are ridiculous now. It's worse now. <laughs> You're the embarrassing one that bought a stool, first of all. For nine dollars. It's a good I mean, deal. It's eight dollars too much. It's an ergo stool, not just a stool. It's not just a stool you go at Walmart. It's, it's an, an ergo stool. An active which is stool. <laughs> very yes, active sitting stool. Active sitting. Oh, Why am I defending this? I, this is, okay, for people who are curious and want to learn more, tuxedo.com slash stool. For people who appreciate the value and the awesomeness of a stool, go to tuxedo.com slash store, and you will see the active sitting shirt that you can purchase there and prove to Ryan that he just does not get it. He doesn't get it. Yeah, you're right. I don't. I like a chair that has arms and a back. You know, some people collect Pokemon cards. Uh, others mm-hmm. collect baseball cards. Sure. I even, I've never told people this before, have a little bit of a collection of UFC trading cards. Mm, nice. You know, I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, they're out there. And collections are vast as people's interests. You can collect things for nearly every hobby out there. However... Michael on this show has the strangest hobby of all. I have many hobbies and many collections. What are you talking about? This one's very weird. You collect domain names. You collect domain names like nobody I've ever seen in my life. That's just ridiculous. That's true. 
That's ridiculous. I only have about 70. What's 100, 70, 100, like my kids would say. They're <laughs> like, I want 70, 100 of this because that's what it's not just 70. Like Pokemon, Michael has to collect them all. Literally, and, and I mean this, any discussion we have with Michael about a new business thing always ends with, we should buy a domain for that. That's Michael's like input of let's buy a domain for that. He wants the .com, the .net, the .biz, the .community. He wants them all. He wants to collect them all because like they're going out of style. Okay, that's a bit excessive. I, I do have a lot of domains and those conversations have happened, but .biz... Really? <laughs> That's the one that got you? That's the oh. one you're like, I don't collect those. I have three. Those are for plebs. I still have three. <laughs> Pleb collectors are the dot biz. So as you can imagine, this gets quite expensive uh, for us. But thankfully, I was able to find a solution for that. And that's where Namecheap comes in. Namecheap is a place where, as you guessed by their name, you can buy domains for cheap. Therefore, that Namecheap. That makes sense. Yeah, and you can also host sites and they have other services there as well. So if you want to be like Michael and collect domain names or you're actually starting a business and just need one, I suggest going to Namecheap. This is where we get ours and we have a link in the show notes where you can start your collection and support our show all at the same time. You can do both at the same time. In fact, they could probably go to a really clever URL that you probably bought, Michael. So I got that, a domain for this, yeah. Ryan. Of course you do. <laughs> What's that domain, Michael? DestinationLinux.net slash Namecheap. See, the .net was a thing, but I wish it was .biz now because then I've been like, oh, you did buy a .biz. <laughs> well, so .net, I could add to my Linux. collection, Ryan. What about yeah. .tv? Well, well don't, don't encourage him, Jill. <laughs> so click that link and see if you can out-collect Michael. Like I said in the intro, OpenSUSE is trying to address the issue of rolling releases being too rolling. So they recently announced a new experimental distro called OpenSUSE Slow Roll. As the name signifies, this will be a rolling distro, but slower. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Very nice, uh, Michael. Yeah. You know what I'm always saying to myself? I'm like, self, golly, I wish Linux released updates slower. Like being six <laughs> months behind in hardware support is just not slow enough. Like it's too fast and we need slower support. To me, that's the future. I, I'm yep. on board. I'm completely on board. Too fast. Well, first of all, Ryan, slow your roll. Oh. It's not exactly that. <laughs> What they mean by slower is that they're targeting a more type of person who is comfortable with the not as super fast everyday releases, but more of a maybe a month, couple of month release. So it's not as slow as the six months, but it also isn't as fast as the everyday. So it's kind of a meet in the middle sort of thing. Well, not exactly that because it's a month or two rather than three months, but you, you get the point. Oh, well, in that case, pass next. Okay, well, Ryan is definitely not their target audience. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to why this might be interesting for you. So, Sousa's Richard Brown described it like this. Slow Roll, a derivative of Tumbleweed, built automatically as much as possible using automation and metrics to copy packages from Tumbleweed only after certain conditions are met. So, for example, the max age or X weeks without change, that sort of thing. Basically, an attempt to provide something less scary than full-speed tumbleweed. 
Those who, who like the tumbleweed sometimes might find themselves not wanting to update so frequently, though I've, in my experience, if you wait a certain amount of time, you can just update tumbleweed whenever you feel like it. And it effectively does the same thing because I've waited 18 months between releases or updates just to test. Yeah, sure. And it worked I mean, fine. 18, so. 24 in your case, sometimes three years. No, I mean years. specifically for Tumbleweed. I had an install mm-hmm. that I specifically waited one time for six months, and then I waited another time for 18 months just to see how it would handle that amount of updates in a rolling release. And it handled it very well. I mean, I had to go through a lot of manual stuff, but it did handle it very well. Now, when you're talking about the whole making fun of me and not updating, that's true, just not on Tumbleweed. Is it different? See, I don't believe <laughs> that you purposefully went through this little test to not update for six months. I think that happened, and you said, let me say it's a test because you don't update your other distros for six <laughs> to 12 months. Okay. So, you know. You know what? Call me out then. That's 100% what happened. <laughs> that is what happened. I completely forgot it even existed and I had it on a drive. Then I <laughs> went and did it and it updated and I was like, oh, great, I'll test it. Yeah. And then I did it again, like a year later. So in total, about 18 months of right. updates. And you're right. <laughs> there we go. So here's what I don't get. Like, just use Leap. That's what Leap's for. It's slow. You have scheduled releases and you don't have to update all the time. Why are we, I know it's experimental, so I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm kind of mad because I want things faster. Tumbleweed is one of the greatest distros out there. I'm going to tell you why. Because as somebody who loves rolling distros, the number one thing you constantly hear spewed from people's mouths is rolling distros aren't stable. And then Tumbleweed comes along and I'm like, yeah, they are tumbleweed. And that makes me right and them wrong. This makes me happy. So tumbleweed is amazing. Like you don't need anything else. Give you like, a counterpoint, okay. a rebuttal, if you will. Okay. Rolling releases are not stable is both a incorrect statement and a factual statement. <laughs> because the word stable means two different things depending on who you're talking about. So if you're talking about Regular users, they mean that word with stability because that makes the most sense. But when you're talking about programmers and maintainers and developers, that yeah. word means not changing. And it's impossible for it to be not changing if it changes every day. So technically speaking, the answer to that statement is, is yes. yes and no. No. It's both <laughs> yes, not stable no. and also can Which be one? stable for sure. Yes. So we have soft and hard tacos in the yeah. same box. <laughs> exactly. It's like a gordita crunch where you put the soft taco uh, in the hard taco. Uh, Wait, is that the reverse? It's uh, the hard and the soft. <laughs> Those are delicious, by the way. Like the, one of the best things from Taco Bell. I, I, that's a sidetrack. I get it. But let's get back onto Tumbleweed so we can get on with its rolling mm-hmm. release of the show. So we will <laughs> we'll still get critical fixes for the slow roll, like CVE updates and stuff like that. But the the comment on your leap point, Mm -hmm. I agree to a degree that leap and tumbleweed makes sense. But the problem with leap is it's a year. You're waiting a year to get core updates. And that's just, that's more than you would do with if you went with updates for Ubuntu. So it just doesn't work going from extreme speed with tumbleweed and very slow with leap. And so I don't really, I think that it makes sense to have somewhere in the middle. Plus also the SUSE team and OpenSUSE are kind of in like this flux 
where they're talking about moving. Seuss is talking about moving stuff into this ALP, which is kind of like an immutable system based on microOS and that sort of thing. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Leap. So it kind of makes sense to have this alternative, though I would assume that these alternative would kind of be a, a, a replacement for Leap or something like that. So it's yeah. interesting. And I do want to say real quick, I love the name Slow Roll. It's it, awesome. It's it like doesn't, a, a Geeko's slow roll of the tail. That's what it reminds <laughs> me of. <laughs> it's not a great marketing thing to tell someone your stuff is slow, but it also made me laugh when I heard it because I was yeah. thinking, slow your roll. And that just, it's just, it just works so good there. That should be their slogan when, yeah. they, when they talk well, about listen, it. Listen, I think that the last point that you made before your slow roll thing was very interesting because the future, in you my like opinion... like my slow your roll? I mean, it was cute, but it has nothing to do with my point. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, the future of distros is immutable and rolling. And I think if SUSE is an open SUSE team is working on the immutable portions, right, more so in incorporating that potentially into Leap, I think they are foreseeing the future of Linux. I don't think a non-immutable systems are going to continue to be a thing probably five years from now. I mean, they'll exist, but they're not going to be as popular as the immutable. I think it's going to take longer than that. I say that because Blend OS, mm -hmm. being one of the first immutable systems that I've played with, I'm absolutely in love with. And I understand the power of having that and the ability as a programmer to have multiple versions of programs to create that stability you're talking about there, Michael, because you have that immutable system and those apps that are separated from the actual operate core operating system itself. So I don't get this. It's experimental. I don't have to get everything. Although I'm usually right. See yeah. AMD graphics card discussion. So I want to say... I love how your statement is, I'm usually right. See this one example that happened this years ago. example <laughs> where the community went against me and they were wrong <laughs> and I was right. That one example is all I need. There's others too, Michael. I said stools were stupid. That's was not... Right. No, you're not right. <laughs> I said... For the, if you want to prove that he's not right, go to tuxedo.com slash store and pick up your active sitting shirt. <laughs> I said cupcakes were better than muffins. You're I also right. wrong about that. I said pen chewers are the bane of society. Oh, okay. I was right. Fair enough. Pen Fair enough. So, yes. Nobody <laughs> yes. likes a pen chewer. Actually, I don't Aww. care. I think I chew on pens too. But it's funny <laughs> nonetheless. So I think this is interesting. I don't, this is not for me. I'm, I'm not the target demographic. Oh. So, like, Jill, what luck. do you think about this? <laughs> I think their team's awesome. But, Jill, what do you think? Well, I have a fun little story here. And it actually comes from OpenSUSE users from years ago, like 2010, when when uh, Tumbleweed was first on the scene and new. And when packages would break from a Tumbleweed update, they used to refer to it as Troubleweed. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I always cute. thought that was so funny. So slow roll would work nicely for them if they were still worried about packages breaking and would like a slower cadence. So in between a uh, leap and... Troubleweed, <laughs> but yeah. in all honesty, the the tumbleweed of today is actually extremely stable. So th these are not issues anymore. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very important point because the tumbleweed system has the snapshotting process. Mm -hmm. So even if it does go bad, you can easily go back. Yeah, go back. So you can roll 
and roll back. So there's that. But I, I think this is an interesting idea because I do think that having a more slower rolling system could be beneficial to some people, mm-hmm. not for people who are just slow to update, but also people who want to have more testing done. And that could be a benefit to the people who don't want to use the f- super fast tumbleweed. They want to have a little bit more testing and that they're more comfortable in that situation. So I think that, that it makes sense mm-hmm. to have something like that. I would also agree that tumbleweed is a really good distribution. It's so good by itself. Just leave it alone. Yeah. So yeah. you don't Listen, really have slow to roll do this, is but. the pet rocks of distro. Okay. Like we don't need it. <laughs> Move on. Okay. So first of all, pet rocks were very popular and it yes. worked they out really been, well. Though. We all agree. So slow but roll maybe could become this popular, may- but I'd still yeah. be right because it shouldn't be. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Slow your roll, Ryan. <laughs> roll. All right. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and Linstore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community, and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and OSs without vendor lock-in. What that means is, is that you could choose the software on any platform, including specific hardware that you want to use or just off-the-shelf hardware that you get and connect it. You get, all of this stuff can be interchanged really easily. And with DRBD and Linstore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America, which allows them to have global 24-7 support to complement their enterprise offerings. Visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and the awesome software for block storage, duplication, and more. Well, look, I've got something that's actually exciting. I want you to imagine for a moment, Michael, Okay. that I can sell you this device that I have just engineered. Mm -hmm. It is a laptop that folds. Oh, wow. That's yes. revolutionary because they all do. Ryan, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, LG has this brand new laptop that they've unveiled at CES. Oh, wow. Good job, LG. That's called is, a laptop. It's next generation because it folds. They're trying to change You're the way... You're still saying the same thing. <laughs> They're trying to change the way you think and use a laptop because the screens fold. There is no keyboard. The screens fold. So instead of having a laptop where you fold, where you have your screen at the top and you have a physical keyboard at the bottom, imagine like the flip phones, if you will, that you've got a screen at the top and it goes straight directly into the screen at the bottom. And if you want the keyboard, well, haptic feedback and it visually puts a keyboard on there. And you so can that, that is not keyboard. a foldable laptop. That is a gigantic tablet that they turned into a folding tablet. Mm. True. That's I don't I don't hear laptop anymore. I hear giant <laughs> tablet that folds. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I had to duck duck go this myself when I was trying to imagine what they're like foldable laptop. I'm like, what would be the use case of this? Honestly, and- what I was thinking is even more like uh, maybe even better. 
because now I'm a little bit disappointed because I thought I looked for this and it was very hard to find any details about it. But I thought it was a screen that folded and then folded into the keyboard. And you'd have this double system where you could have a much larger screen on the laptop. Oh, I thought that yeah. would be cool, oh, at least yeah. in terms of possibilities you could do with it. But if it's just a tablet that's gigantic. Well, it's kind of like a gigantic tablet. But think about that for a moment of what you could do with that. So at the bottom of your screen right now, you know, Apple and other companies have tried to put little OLED strips at the top of their keyboards. And the reason they're doing this is to kind of give you some different tools that change based on the programs and things that you're utilizing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the next generation of, of kids and and young people coming out of college and things spent most of their life utilizing their phones, touch screens, not like my kids will go up to a computer to this day and start touching on the screen, whether it's touch screen or not. They just assume everything is touch screen. That's the world they're growing up in. That is yeah. ridiculous, Ryan. You yeah. need to teach your kids. I do it too. <laughs> you need to teach them properly. I still, I do that yeah. too. It, it just, it happens, especially when you have a laptop that has touch screen and then you have another laptop that doesn't or you're, or you're, main monitors do not have it and you you catch yourself touching it as if it's going to do something even though you know it's not going to Jill, i've done are that you a with few me times. on this that the worst thing is when you have a laptop you're showing somebody you're showing somebody a pro program on your laptop that and they oh touch your screen oh yeah like, yeah that gets me like you know when they're pointing at something they physically touch the screen instead of hovering near what they're pointing to they touch it. They like, touch it's it. your or they dirty Cheeto Stop fingers. putting your prints on my screen. Now I yes. have to clean it. Also, Jill, I don't know if you've either had this happen before, but this happened to me fairly recently, not exactly recently, but fairly recently where a friend of mine was using my laptop cuz I wanted to show them something like, "Oh, hey, do you mind if I do something?" I'm like, "Oh, go ahead, sure." And then they pick it up by the top of the screen oh, with mm, one hand. Mm -mm, and mm -mm. I, I did not like that. <laughs> no, no. No. That's, that's fighting action right there. We're throwing down at that yes. point. I figure you're challenging me to a fist fight. Especially, down. especially yes. with very thin bezels now because you, you can damage the, the laptop yeah, by totally holding it cut. like that. Even with a, a one that has a, a big bezel. But, All right, Michael, uh, <laughs> I'm going to help you understand why this is really cool. So imagine you had talent like Wendy or Jill. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Just imagine, though, you were you had their talent, a photographer okay. or a digital animator. Okay. And you were really able cool. to take that bottom panel. Instead of it just being a keyboard, it becomes a color palette with shortcuts and all of your tools and everything that you want to utilize right there at the bottom because you don't need to type. You're doing digital transformation, digital art right there. And so then when you need your keyboard because you want to write a message to Michael and be like, hey, I've made a billion dollars on my latest movie. I'm not going to be part of your DLN anymore. And then you can just do that with your you know, email and send the email Wait. by switching the keyboard because it's all talking? digital. I, yeah. I, I got completely <laughs> sidetracked. I was pretending that I was a professional photographer and I was getting these cool shots. Aww. So I didn't know what you said. But what I imagine you said is an example of reasoning why this makes sense. And then I rebuttal with that if no, no, it doesn't. Still done. Not done. Still done. <laughs> makes sense. I, I love the idea of being able to use it as an artistic device. And I think think uh, you know, if I were still teaching, that's something my students would really like because they're already were using their their tablets and phones. And yeah, we have the phones that 
that you can also uh, fold as well. And I've I had a lot of my students starting to use those before I retired. <laughs> so that that was definitely a thing. I will say that I think the auxiliary screen point that you had with the the color palettes and the editor tools and all the different like extra stuff you could have that are specific to that. You don't have to like swap back and forth and you can just, you know, tap that instead of tapping the go into the mouse and then moving your mouse to that thing. I, I get it. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lot of value there. Yeah. I just wish the value would be more than a giant foldable screen because if you have like for some people would give a lot of hate towards Apple for the touch bar or that thing is what it's called. And it, it, for sure, it was ridiculous that it got rid of function keys. But if you could have that and the function keys, I think there's a value there because of the same kind of concept and because it doesn't take up so much space and you still have a real keyboard. So I would be very interested in that sort of setup or maybe if there's a way to... I don't know, have an attachment. You can use your phone as the auxiliary screen or something like that. Maybe even have like an additional screen in the laptop. I think there's like either there's Asus. some laptops already where you can fold out additional screens. No, uh, that's you too also much. have the I'm Apple talking about the uh, sidekick the, where you can use your tablet as a secondary screen. That's yeah. cool. I'm not talking about a screen though. I'm talking about the auxiliary feature that you can have it integrated. Like that, there's. I'm pretty sure it's Asus. They have a laptop that has like a screen at the top. Uh, yes. uh, at oh, the top yeah. of the keyboard. Yeah, so Correct. Can, yep. That's a cool yeah. idea. And I think that would be the most appealing. But another one would be like, there's this, I don't remember who made it, Motorola, I think, where you could attach your phone and it becomes like a laptop. It was what Motorola. You, yep. What you could do is have like your phone in this holder and it becomes this auxiliary thing. That'd be cool. And it would be able to charge. Now I'm just coming up with ideas that LG should have made rather than just a basic folding screen. By the way, just so you know, Motorola still has that functionality and capability with their phones, Mm. which is really interesting. Do they make that product though? I don't think they make the dock, but you can plug Mm. it into a monitor and it becomes a computer. So you have that. Yeah, I think that's very cool. I think Samsung, Samsung did that with did Dex, Dex, but they don't really do anything with Dex anymore. Like they started yeah. to go down the road with Dex yeah, I think and they, they abandoned, abandoned Dex. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad. That's a shame. But I think the interesting part about this is I could see this becoming a very popular thing. You know, of course, once Apple goes out there and does it, everyone will buy it and say it's revolutionarily Apple and give no credit to LG. It's magical Apple. Yeah, exactly. Because they'll say the way we did it's magic and everyone will buy it. But I think that it's very innovative. I worry, though, if this took off, like, could Linux support this type of thing? You know, we would have to write, rewrite a bunch of software and programs to actually support that type of setup. I don't think desktop and distros, that would work with out of the box. I want to find out. Don't get me wrong. Maybe it does work. That would be cool. But it would be, that's kind of one of my fears is will Linux work with this type of setup? But it's cool. Yeah. It's a neat idea. So true, Ryan. Um, it would be nice if like, you know, Ubuntu Touch just works out of the box. <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. And yeah. I I really love the idea of this, of this because because of the a new form factor it's gonna create for creation and content and artistry. But my only complaint is using a touch screen as a keyboard is not the best experience. <laughs> no. So, you know, my idea Agreed. is LG could maybe fabricate an easy way to attach a thin keyboard 
to the lower screen with a traditional tactile keyboard laptop mode for typing. And it could be just uh, just a thin little piece of, of uh, aluminum with the, the keys on it, and it just magnetically snaps on there. And then when you don't want it, you can take it off and put it on the back cover or something. <laughs> so that kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, or you okay. have it on the other side where you could fold out the screen all the way and then have it attached magnetically to that side too. Yeah, there And then you, go. you have like this really big one. Like I think there's a lot of potential here if they implement an actual keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think haptics <laughs> can change the way we think about using a keyboard that doesn't have physical keys. Yeah. And Been for instance, well. one of the things that has really impressed me with the Fairphone and EOS is mm -hmm. the haptic keyboard. Like it's really good. Like oh, really? really, really good. And when you get haptics right, what happens is it feels like you're actually physically pressing a button. And that's what you miss from that physical keyboard. Yeah. So I'm not saying we're there yet fully, but I think there is a time where we'll have a hard time distinguishing between haptics and an actual physical keyboard. And you probably won't have a preference of one over the other. I don't know that we're there yet, but we're getting darn we're getting close, close to it. Is where I'm getting, getting close. At, yeah. so. Well, the other request I have of LG is please, please, please put WebOS on one of these foldable laptop screens. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I love that LG idea. owns WebOS, yeah. right? Yeah, WebOS is in smart TVs. It's, LG, it's, come on. It's a to little different than the original, but it yeah. still has some of the card features, you know. It, it's, yeah. And if you have the right remote, the magic remote, you can flip them. <laughs> WebOS is a very interesting OS now. Like yes. it used to be awesome. It used the best. It's my favorite mobile OS that has Absolutely. ever been made. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It's now kind of convoluted at this moment mm -hmm. because of the, there's a version that's still kind of the same thing, but there's also the TV version and there's some other versions. Is WebOS open source? There is an open version yeah. of it, but it's not the same thing. It's WebOS Sports is open. And it's that kind you can of put confusing. on your Pine phone. And yeah. that is more pure WebOS because that's from the original. But developer. the one LG's yeah. using is kind of like Google taking Android and putting all their crap yeah. on top of it. Well, right? it's because like, of licenses. Or got the Linux kernel. Up, it's not really. It's very different. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's actually it's very like different. There, okay. There's a lot of complications with that yeah. because it was sold, bought and sold by multiple companies. And what happened was. HP bought Palm, not just WebOS. And when they did it, they kind of inherited it and then they didn't like it. So they abandoned it. Well, technically, the person who took over the yeah. CEO job, <laughs> who is terrible, decided to abandon WebOS and then eventually gets kicked out as being CEO. And HP just abandoned it entirely. So they sold it off, but they didn't really sell off the entirety of Palm. They sold off WebOS, but also not all of WebOS. It's very confusing yeah, very, at this point. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, I would love for them to create something with WebOS and actually bring back pure WebOS because that would be amazing. But I just want to point out that this folding device thing has been happening for a while with phones and I, it's not worked yet. They, they've been making, like I think Samsung Galaxy Fold is on like the fifth edition or something. And I have used a Samsung Galaxy Fold. I don't remember which version it was, but I did use one and it was annoying. It was super heavy. 
the front screen basically did nothing, so you had to use it folded open the whole time, okay, and it's okay. super awkward. Michael, and Michael, I get where you're going, but before you go too deep on your rant, I okay. got to tell you, I'm with you, brother. I was there. I was on that bridge with you, holding your hand. We were singing Kumbaya. What is Kumbaya, by the way? I don't think I've ever heard that song. Does people say that saying, but I don't know what Kumbaya is. Uh, Anyways, that's another topic. Peace for another show. and coming together. <laughs> oh yeah, the kumbaya. Yeah. 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 Okay, now I get it. Anyway, I know we what were that singing, is, but that. I don't know what that word means. I think I think Jill's right about it though. Yeah. Anyway, continue. We were on this bridge holding hands for some reason, singing this song. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now that you have that in your head, <laughs> we're on this. I didn't get folding phones. I did not get them at all. And then I tried the Motorola Razor Plus, and this is the one that folds over, not out. Kind of like the old style clamshell style. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so. I even when I was trying that, I was like, this is even dumber than the Samsung fold. That's what I thought, right? In my head. But then Motorola on this plus edition, the whole screen when you fold it is exact functionality of your regular phone when you open it. Darn near exact. If not, it's 95%. So all the applications you normally launch, all that stuff you can do from that front screen. And I'm like thinking about how I use my phone and the fact that I keep my phone in my pocket. Because nowadays, if you want to be cool, you can't have a phone holster on, right? That's like a thing I've heard. Like, you're not allowed to have a phone holster. You're not cool <laughs> I, I don't if you think have a phone it was ever cool. No, it the used only to time be cool. I, no, the only time I ever heard or saw people doing it was in movies or in like the early 90s. And it's, no, it's all it was cool. all older people who were doing it. And it was like, why are you, don't do this. It, it's, it, 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 hurt, it doesn't feel right in my pants. Just. It's it's okay. It's fine. It but at the time, those <laughs> those right. phones were massive. That's fair yeah. though. Yeah. Now they're super thin. They're they don't need to get any thinner. Just I'll put that out there. But they are thin enough where I don't even really feel them most of the time, and I have to like search and say, "All right, is it still in my pocket?" Okay, good. It's still there. Yeah. Well, that's because you wear that crisscross pants that are super baggy, like MC Hammer crisscross, <laughs> all that stuff. Crisscross so wears them. their pants backwards. Oh yeah, my bad. It's different. Anyways, How dare you. <laughs> miss that, mess that up, and not give the respect to the crisscrossers because they jump. They'll make they'll make you want to jump, jump. That's true. So <laughs> my point is that you know when you're putting a phone in your pocket and you're folding it down, it is so nice feeling not having this bar up against your leg when you're sitting or other things. Number two. Most of the time when you're popping out your phone, you're doing something really quick. Most of the time, you're looking at a text message or something else, which is right there. And because the way Motorola did it, I can respond. I can do everything I would normally do from that little screen. But then at the times that I do want to consume media, I can fold this out and I can start using it. Then you can fold it halfway up, right? So that you can have a little keyboard down here, have your screen up here. Like they've really implemented the software really well. And with the selfie cameras and everything else, like the way you're taking pictures and things, it can become really convenient to have your phone actually hold itself up in an L shape, right? It's so, interesting. You, you, yeah. I was actually thinking you were ridiculous and just crazy uh -huh. for the first bit. Like you're saying you like ice, you want your phone to be in half and that's more efi efficient for you. Yeah. And that sounds ridiculous. But the more you kept talking about it, the you you actually have convinced me that I want to try this now. Yeah, it's worth a try. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but I'm starting to see the value in it. But I do agree with you that Samsung's foldable phone, right? Well, it's not clamshell style with the foldable one. 
is really cool when it's open and really weird when it's closed because the the phone that does give you the bar style candy bar style phone is thinner than a normal phone you're used to using and then it's much thicker still and it just doesn't feel right but the new google pixel fold uses a full screen on both and so i've not played with it but i've heard some people really like it and things so, so i don't folds, know there's something so folds, to this foldable thing the pixel fold folds halfway like the book style correct and then yep. it also has a front that's does not usable. have a front one they only have the book style pixel but it has a full screen on both sides unlike the samsung which has a like a I don't know, a third of the candy bar on the front. And then when you open it, you get a tablet size. The fold stuff sounds ridiculous, but the more and more we talk about it, the more fun it can be, I think. The Galaxy Fold, I don't know what you're doing, Samsung. It has not ever worked. Stop it, fix it, do (laughs) something else. I don't know. I, but, yeah. I really cool. like the ones. Uh, we've seen them at CES over the years, innovations and cell phone technologies, the ones that have the e-ink displays on the front. Yeah. And uh, that's a really great idea because it's battery efficient <laughs> and everything. So that would that's something that I've kind of always wanted on a phone, one that's uh, foldable and then has the e-ink on the front of it. That'd be really interesting because then you'd have – the combination of like a Kindle plus a phone. Absolutely, yeah. That, okay. Now what I want is for someone (laughs) to create a phone that is foldable. That is a screen on one side that is, it's the book style, by the way. Yeah. So they have this giant screen on this side. And then on the back, you have one side that is a smaller normal screen and the other side is a uh, e-ink screen. Mm-hmm. So when you fold it, you have the option of using either, <laughs> either way. One. So basically, it's a screen on every side. <laughs> so you have four okay. screens. <laughs> but the yes. way you described that is kind of almost how the Google Pixel is. So you have the two screens on the inside, and when you fold it, you have one screen on the outside and a cover on the back. So you just need to change that into e-ink. e-ink. Technically, there Google Pixel is like three screens. Yeah. You know, okay, so we're getting is. close there, people. So what we need <laughs> is need four screens. Add the e-ink, and then we yeah. have everything solved, and we have every sing- single type of use case, and then you add a magnetic keyboard to that, and <laughs> boom! Yeah, just buy a laptop. Go. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from this topic. Yeah. You know, I think we're, we're, we're done with the foldables. Have you ever tried to bend your body like the LG laptop screens we were just talking about? That sounds like <laughs> a bad idea depending on which direction you go. I'm too old for that. I'll throw my back out. <laughs> yes. So, well, in, in this uh, computer game we're going to talk about, you can. But because it is a game, you won't get hurt trying (laughs) and challenge accepted. (laughs) So what we're talking about is the fully remastered Tony Hawk's pro skater and Tony Hawk's pro skater two games are available now on steam in one Epic collection and they're rebuilt from the ground up in incredible HD with uh, much improved textures as well. (laughs) That was the first thing I noticed. And I know people don't know this about <laughs> me, but I was a fantastic pro-level skater Woo-hoo! player of that game. Yes, and so Michael's going to tell you <laughs> all about it. <laughs> so I just want you to know, I have it right here. Wow. This is Tony Hawk you. Pro Skater 1 and 2 on Steam, on the Steam Deck. I tried to play it on my computer, but it didn't work very well. It had like this weird screen collapse, and it just just didn't work and I had to restart the computer. So that didn't work necessarily, but it works great on the Steam Deck. 
Now, I do want to also clarify, before Ryan asked the question, mm-hmm. were you testing it on an updated system, Michael? No, I was not. Of course not. It was about two years out of date. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, I don't mean that as like I haven't updated in the, the whole system. I haven't updated anything in about two years on that particular system. What version of Firefox were you on, Michael? I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but I think it's like 96 or 97. <laughs> nice. Nice. But expect nothing more. The Steam Deck, I updated right before the show, so Yay. it's good to go. <laughs> awesome, Michael. We're so proud. <laughs> We're so proud. And also, I just want to point out, look at how good the quality of the of the Steam Deck screen oh, on the camera is. Yeah. Like it just it's just good. Oh, they just so, did a lot of Valve just did a lot of updates that really brings the screen uh, resolution it, it look even better than it did. Yeah, that's very cool. So, Michael's no longer going to be part of the show. He's I, playing I'm, the game. I'm right going to be moving on to this game, by the way. Cool. So for those who are curious, I'm going to try to play a little bit of it in a reverse way. So if you watch the video, wish oh, me luck. Oh, gosh. Oh. Wish me luck. So this is, this is a good, new Michael. style. Oh, and look. look at that. You're actually playing. You know, you actually do better when you're not using your weak thumbs. I yeah. just crashed. I just crashed. <laughs> okay. So there you go. This is not not possible to do actually because I'm just going to crash. But I just wanted to show you it working on the Steam Deck. So <laughs> it does. There are reports that it works on Linux too, but in my particular case, it did not. I just crashed again. That's a really fun game to play on the Steam Deck. I could see that being a blast yeah. to take with you uh, portably there and. I did not get into this game, but this is kind of one of those cult classic games, meaning it just never made it into my radar. I don't think I really played it at all. Um, but I know a lot of people who are obsessed with it. But I skateboarded in real life, you Me? know, where there's yeah. sun <laughs> and there's ability to fall and hit a little pebble and fly off your board and See, skin your oh, knees yeah. and all of that stuff. See, yeah. Ryan, what I did when I was a youth, I a also, youth? a youth, right. I also, hello there, fellow kids. I also did some skateboarding uh-huh. and I learned a couple things and I did it for a little while, right up until the first time I hurt myself. Then I was done. No, thank you. You hurt I yourself it. once and you gave up. No, no, no. It was not giving up. I realized there are better things to do. I should go play basketball. All right. Ah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> then there he got you hurt go. in basketball and quit that. <laughs> now, no, I kept playing that even that. And then that. he found Linux, and it was the only thing that didn't hurt him physically, but still hurt his feelings with his Uh-oh. lack of knowledge. Boom! Got him. <laughs> yes. I, I appreciate your attempt, but it did not work really. <laughs> yeah, yes. You were. Yes. Yes. Very much into actual skateboarding I, back in the day. Make really us all look was. bad, Jill. Oh yeah. no! So I was more into speed skating and going downhills in in competitions, and of that was you know we started doing that in the seventies. Yes, competition. And I won quite a few meets. <laughs> so, That's amazing. There we go. Yeah. I like how you how just kind of skated you win, over that. What? <laughs> How many meets did you end up winning through your skateboarding career? I met many people. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot had, of meet and greets. Yeah. Yeah. And could you ollie, Michael? Could you ollie? Yes. Could you backflip? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Could you kickflip? Oh, nice. Oh, oh, here we go. Do a kickflip. 
Man, yes, you guys need to watch the video version of that. You could see Michael in action. It was incredible. That was awesome, there. Michael. That was. Yeah, so I awesome. don't have a, a, a skateboard <laughs> underneath me at the time, but I did the motion for right. kickflip. I could tell <laughs> that motion that you knew what you're doing. You are expert level there. Yeah. Now, Jill, same question for you. Could you ollie and kickflip? I could. I I could do that. Although my my expertise was not so much the tricks because, for one thing, the skateboards weren't wide then this is this yeah. is back in the day when we had skinny skateboards yeah this is yeah. the longboard day yeah this is the these are the longboard days so you know we'd cruise down down the hill i was more interested in the speed part of it the speed skating <laughs> we yeah. just we've now learned jill is a speed demon yeah <laughs> she's addicted to don't the get speed. in the car yeah she just but punch the gas it was scary There's only go yeah it was scary. Just oh, break what yeah it could be scary because sometimes the the hills would go down I mean, I went down, there's this famous hill, um, it's on uh, 190th here in uh, the South Bay, a community in Los Angeles that goes down to the beach. And it's several um, hundred miles high, and it's very, very steep. And, you know, everyone had, <laughs> you know, it was- You probably meant 100 you. feet high, not 100 miles. Oh, 100 I miles, would, oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, 100 feet 100 you meant. Feet high. 100 miles, I was like, man, they need to get <laughs> no, you a no, no, Red Bull uh, sponsorship <laughs> there and we could totally- No, no. Yeah. I would skip 100 <laughs> miles. miles. So yeah. it was- uh, it's several hundred miles. In fact, it's it's still kind of scary to go down down it, even it's with like, a car. You said miles again, Jill. Oh gosh! <laughs> like so several hundred, hundred feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> several hundred feet above sea level. <laughs> That's what I was going there you for. Go. And so it's so steep that people are scared to even go down cars with it, let alone skateboards and bikes. And I was dared one time to go down this hill and I did it without falling off. I was probably one of the first people to do it without falling off the board and hurting myself. Because I was very, very was Steve, was Steve your husband a daredevil like you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so he just, he, he's like me. He kind of lives vicariously through your story. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah okay. I did teach him how to skateboard because I wanted to, when, I, when he met me, I was still skateboarding a lot. So yeah. I, I taught him and he, he rather enjoyed it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. But he'd never go down a hill. He, that would just scare him too much. <laughs> Well, I recently, honestly would be scared to do that too. <laughs> uh, that heel sounds terrifying, yeah. and even a fairly small heel, I don't really want to do yeah. that. That one sounds crazy. So I, I'm not. I think that we need to continue this sentence with the phrase, "Of course you did, Joe." Yeah. <laughs> of course you did, Joe. Yeah. So recently, Aww. my kids got into skateboarding, and Aww. I haven't been on a skateboard in I don't know decades, and so. I got the skateboard, their skateboard, because they were trying to figure out how to balance in the grass and they weren't on the regular get on the street. And it yet, came right back about. to you because it's like riding a bike. It did. Yeah. It really did. Like I, Aww. you know, I was awkward on it. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like when I was a kid, but like I just took off and I think my kids were pretty impressed. Now, if Yay. they were teenagers, they would be embarrassed. But as young children they were impressed with dad they dad don't know any better do. yet <laughs> i felt pretty cool they're like wow he can move forward on the board without falling off dad's awesome i was actually <laughs> making a joke about you getting on it and be fine i i was expecting the opposite so that's it worked out pretty cool it also doesn't make sense though because there is these uh electric scooters that are in my city and they're in a lot of cities or everywhere yeah. now yeah. and you can rent them and they're fun to play around with 
And the first time I got on it, I thought, well, it's going to be somewhat different because it has the motor and I've never run, ridden one with a motor on it. And within 30 seconds, I was comfortable on it. Like it was, it was just like, no, no big like deal. Like riding a bicycle, literally. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's kind of funny because when you say that phrase, riding a bicycle, when yeah. you're talking about a skateboard and a scooter, it is nothing like it riding a bicycle. It isn't, but you gotta, you still have to balance, but it's a different kind of balance. But yeah, when you said it, it I said it too, in the same context of it, it it's just intuitive and you get back into it and yeah. that's what that phrase means. But then after I said it, I realized... It's not. It's a skateboard. <laughs> yes. But I can't believe you're you're trying to compare your scooter experience, which is a play school skateboard, to my skateboard experience. <laughs> like you have handlebars to hold on to and all this stuff. It's not Let you're not the same. You ain't you. built it, the same. And it probably runs Linux. Most of the manufacturers run Linux. In fact, oh, that's cool. I some of them that, even have Raspberry Pis in them. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Jill, so see, yeah. Jill made it cool. So <laughs> ha. But also in addition to that. You have a skateboard. You have to use your stupid foot. You're so your, lame with your lame stupid. foot. I get to have a motor on the thing that I was yeah. using. Well, you can have so a I'm motor going like 20 miles an hour, and you're going like whatever your feet can do. Whatever. <laughs> well, when we go to scale this year, me and Jill are going to go take off and skateboard and leave you and your little ah. scooter pals behind. <laughs> I'll have a motor, therefore I will go faster no, because no. I'm going to go gonna, down that hill the yeah, the hundred mile one. Yes, probably that's probably not happening. So I don't want right, to actually so make that declaration. <laughs> back to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. One oh, to, that's you can what pick we're talking up. about. Yes. it's a legendary game. Amazing soundtrack. It you is. can do all the trick combos, all that cool stuff you could do. You've got two player mode. You can compete against each other. You can create a park. You Yay. can create a skater. All you can do cool all sorts of stuff. And it's currently on sale with 50% off at $20. That yeah. means it will be 40 soon, which is a lot for a game that was made 20 years ago. I mean, it's that so good. It, it, it's that good. Now, good. What's on sale. I, I will say, when I saw this and I saw how much it cost, I thought, that's ridiculous. But then I saw it's on sale, and I uh, okay. I don't want to pay forty. I'll pay twenty. I'll pay twenty. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I got it. I've been playing it. I've already got past awesome. the first like levels on the first tour, and it does remind me of the original game because a lot of the music from the original is back, and that's really cool. But there, there, there is a little bit of a caveat to it tell you. It requires you to be online at all times to play the game. Oh, yeah. yeah I was hearing right. about that. Yeah. yeah. And that's annoying. And there is a lot of end-user license agreements in this game. And you have to agree to them before you can play the game. And they, are, and they also make you scroll through all of them as if anyone's going to read them. Oh, that's, man. Eula Fula. Eula Fula. <laughs> Eula Fula. <laughs> All right. I love that. Anyway, so with all that said, I still did all the EULAs and I played it. It's fun. And if you want to get it, save 50%, then check it out. Works Links in the show notes. So have you ever wanted to take your DSLR and use it as your webcam or any camcorder yes. for that matter or your phone or tablet? Check out yes. Webcam Eyes. This tool lets you awesome. turn most devices with a camera into an awesome webcam. Now, to do this magic, you'll have to do a lot of steps. Just a kidding. Lot There's just two. <laughs> Yay. You plug in your camera, run the webcam eyes command, and 
boom, now your camera is a webcam. <laughs> or it exploded. I didn't know which one it or was it, doing. Or it exploded. Or boom. Exploded. <laughs> boom. Boom. Your camera is gone. <laughs> no, th- this is something so cool. I actually yeah. have a few older uh, cameras that I've wanted to test out with this utility because <laughs> I know a lot of people have used it and said it actually works good. <laughs> so I just wanted to give you a little side note. That is true. The plug in your camera and run the command is all you need to do. But the installation process is not that simple. You do need a few more uh, dependencies. (laughs) Well, They should simplify that into a flat pack or something. They should make a flat pack. That would be fantastic. I was a little bit disappointed when I didn't see a flat pack. If you are on Arch or an Arch-based system, you can get it from the AUR. Because yeah, Arch is superior. It, it, okay, I, I, I knew that was coming. And that's yeah. my, my fault, people. <laughs> I knew that was coming. So <laughs> you can do that way. If you also want to get on another one, you have to compile it from yourself. or there. I, I'm not sure if you have to compile it, but you do have to pull in the Git version to make it work. So it is Losers. a little bit to install. Uh, hopefully they'll do a flat pack soon because there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. for this. And yeah. as soon as I saw this, I wanted to put it on the show because it just sounds like an awesome idea. You can take a DSLR and use it as a webcam. And you might be thinking, well, you can just take a DSLR and connect it to one of those capture cards and then put it into your system. Like we're doing with right our now. DSLRs yeah, right now. Right now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the difference is some applications do not see it as an option to put into as a camera. And this way you can say it's a webcam and then it will automatically. Well, the difference is two to $400 too for a good capture card that you have to have. That's true. Yeah. That's a very good point actually too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Michael, I know that earlier Jill took the steam out of this. In fact, earlier this week, Michael, you were talking about how you were so excited. We put the steam back in earlier with that game. Boom. You were so excited to do this tip and trick, and you were telling me how unbelievably excited you were about it, that this was what you were looking forward to all week to share this with the community. All week. Uh, you practiced in the mirror. You practiced with me. You had it down perfect. And then Jill stole your thunder <laughs> yeah. earlier, but I guess- Come on, Jill. Just, what is happening? Just do it, I guess, like Jill didn't you know, okay, ruin this fine. whole the segment. The tip of the week, even though Jill ruined it, <laughs> is- <laughs> The tip of the week will help you find a lug or Linux user group. And this is a great way to network and meet some new friends and just meet people with like-minded perspectives of the Linux is awesome variety. So we have a couple of resources for you to check out. First of all, a simple Google search will be helpful, but also pretty outdated because it's going to find some There's a pages. lot of dead links with lugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are some lugs that have been around for a long time but don't exist anymore. And unfortunately, that's because of COVID basically making those go away and never come back. Because of course they would go away at the time, but they just a lot of them didn't seem to come back. Even the one I was running didn't come back until about six months ago. So mm. there's that too, although I'm not running anymore. Moving on, you can also go to meetup.com and search Linux followed by your city and state. We know, which Michael. Jill already <laughs> told us this. Meetup.com. Come on. That's true. She did. So 
Also, there are lugs in uh, various places. And you can go to like the lug that Jill mentioned in the uh, community feedback. Also, there's one in the UK, which is lug.org.uk. And there's even stuff that you can find lugs related to various conferences and stuff like that. So if you're looking for ways to meet other people in the Linux community, well, hopefully Jill did not ruin your segment and you can go to <laughs> you can go to meetup.com. <laughs> we really don't care about that. We don't. Joke. It's just totally yes. yeah. We're yeah. just kidding. Just Does it really doesn't matter at all. <laughs> all right. So check out the Ubuntu Summit if you want to meet Michael because he's going to be there early right. November, the third through the fifth. I think that's the dates. But the Ubuntu Summit, there's going to be so much cool stuff. I'm going to be doing a variety of things. Last time we did, we talked about it on the show, I mentioned I was going to do a talk. I didn't tell you what it was about. I'm not going to hear either. You can go to the link in the show notes to check out the timetable or the schedule to find out what it's about. I might tell you later. But there's also something I want to tell you about is that I will be hosting slash moderating slash emceeing sort of thing, a panel for an AMA of the community council members. So that is going to be a lot of fun. Aww. So even if you're not able to join us there, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff and I will be involved in a lot of cool stuff. And there's even more to tell you about next week. And you might be thinking, Yay. that's cool, Psych but I want to save my money to meet Jill. Well, that's why you need to go to Scale 2024, because Jill's going to be there March 14th through the 17th. So Festi. what's actually going to happen is that Ryan and I are going to be there. Yeah. And especially Jill. <laughs> and especially Jill. Yes. At Pasadena Convention Center in, pa where do you think? Oh, I think cow. Pasadena, Texas? No, California, my oh, so close. The Southern yeah. California <laughs> Linux Expo is in California. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there you can meet the <laughs> DL crew. You can find Jill because she'll be wearing that exact hat she has on right now. By the way, we're a video podcast. If you're confused listening to the audio version, you're like, why do they keep talking about Michael playing on a Steam Deck and pointing at hats and things? We have, we have a video <laughs> version of the show. That was amazing. Yeah, you need yeah, to check that out. Version. Um, and preparations are still underway. Applications are open for scale, so get your proposals in, acceptance. If you want to do some of your talks and things there, you have options to submit those now. So get that in there. And a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening, however you do it. We love your faces. Join us on our Discord channel by going to tuxdigital.com slash discord. And if you watch the show live, then you can become a patron and you can actually see us do all this stuff live and all the antics and craziness that goes on behind the scenes, which there's been a little bit less of that lately because Wendy's been coming in being a monitor and keeping us in control in, in the patron <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah, We're she's keeping the she's boys in check. <laughs> keeping the boys in check. So, you know, but there's still some Yay, antics. Wendy. We still get away when she's not Some looking. antics. Yeah. And also, she is deciding what antics are in the show. So, the, for those who don't know, she's editing us, and we have to basically beg her to make us look good. And that's what's happening. <laughs> this beg her to make us look good. <laughs> Otherwise, she just has drool slowly dripping from our mouths in the middle of the show and stuff. We're like, please, Wendy, don't make us look bad. Don't. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> but... Also, if you want to watch this live, you can do that. But there's a ton of other perks that you can get by becoming a patron at tuxdigital.com slash membership. For example, you can watch us live, but also you can join us in the patron-only post show that happens after the live show. You're kidding me. And 
If you join our Discord server and you are a patron slash member, you can get access to the patron-only section of our Discord and so much more. (laughs) All of this for a low, low price of whatever tiers they are, tuxdigital.com slash membership. I don't remember what the tiers are. (laughs) Hold on, Michael. This is so exciting. I want to sign up now. What was that site again? That's tuxdigital.com slash membership. Thank you, sir. Go there now. And for only four easy payments, uh, actually, it's a monthly payment system, so that's not how that works. <laughs> so you, you get it. But wait, there's more. You can go to tuxdigital.com slash store to pick up some awesome swag. We got t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, stickers, coasters, and a bunch of other stuff. In fact, we're going through a process of transitioning from our what platform we're using to a new platform, and that's going to be maybe launched by the time this episode comes out. By the way, that means some of the merch out there today won't exist tomorrow, so you better get the merch that's out there now, like now, because we don't know what designs we're going to move over. We that's might not move them over. That's a good point. That's you a can good learn. point. You, can, you want to be an OG and have an OG shirt? You got to get it now because there stuff's might be, be some out. exclusives. So yep. yeah. be sure to check it out. And also, there's going to be even more stuff that's coming in the next platform because there's some cool stuff that I'm not going to tell you. But the next time when we do launch it, there is at least three items that were not possible in the store before that are now that I think you're going to be super excited Michael, for. Michael, will you tell me about what they are? I will after the show. <laughs> yes. Whisper. Uh, they're, Whisper. They're, I'll, I'll tell you in the patron-only post-show. Okay. So <laughs> be sure to go to tuxdigital.com slash store to get some awesome swag, especially the exclusive, like, awesome OG type of stuff that's there now. And, of course, bookmark it for the future awesomeness that's coming. Oh, absolutely. And also, make sure to check out all the incredible shows here on Tux Digital. That's right. We have an entire network of shows to fill your entire week of geeky goodness. One of those shows is Linux Out Loud. Linux Out Loud is a fantastic show to add to your favorite podcast player. It features three extraordinary people, and it features Wendy, Matt, and Nate talking about how they use Linux in their daily lives. And it's a whole lot of fun. And it's on video now, too. So make sure to check out Linux Out Loud. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all these cool shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody have a great no, week. No, no, and remember, no. Before we get to that part, I just want to make sure everybody knows you don't want to disappoint Jill. You want to go leave a rating and you want to leave a 5 out of 5 yes. rating or a 10 out of 10 rating depending on your application how they do it. That the, Otherwise, you're disappointing Jill if you don't do that. Yeah. So you don't want to you disappoint need 5 yourself, stars right? or 10 stars. <laughs> exactly. Whatever the maximum you can give, that's what you need to give. Otherwise, you're disappointing you Jill. you make Jill angry. Imagine that. <laughs> Don't do now, that. everybody have a great no, week. No, everybody remember have a great week. And that remember journey that the journey itself, journey itself is just as important is almost as, as important as, as the, the destination, destination Linux podcast that you're watching now. I wanted to ruin that segment for you since Jill ruined your other segment and that was your closing <laughs> segment so that we both could have ruined one of your segments during the show. I think I, I respect yeah. the, the idea of trying to ruin things except for... We're all part of the same show, right? So if you're ruining <laughs> segments, you're actually yes. ruining a piece. But Aww. I made it work, and I I changed it a little bit. If you heard it at the end, where I turned was it, it into like a prom- I've yes, heard better. Yes. No, you haven't heard better. I mean, Way technically, better. we didn't create this saying. Like it's Jill's a really version. good saying. Jill, Jill saying the closing is my favorite. <laughs> well, of course, especially Jill. 
Yeah. When Don't Jill does disappoint it. Jill, people. <laughs> leave that rating. Yeah. You need to leave the rating now. <laughs>